0: Hello friends, I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk This is Pastor Marco Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live If you've never been, if you live in the area We have two services, Saturday 6pm and Sunday 10am And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages And don't forget to check out our website at NewLifestyleCoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you But also challenge you in your walk with God I want to talk to you about what to do when, when bad things happen, because, you know, we're, we're in a walk and we're not going to be uh, we're not going to be just uh, weak Christians. And every time the wind blows, we get knocked down or every time something happens, we just get blown away. But I tell you, it's hard to drop off from the way we used to deal with things and the way we used to deal with things is we used to get overwhelmed and something bad would happen and we would start to collapse. Or we would start to think the worst. And before you know it, we're digging ourselves into a deeper and deeper rut. But when you meet Jesus Christ, he says, this is not how you're going to live your life. The winds will blow, the rains will come, but you're going to be strong through this thing and get stronger. So there's a way to deal with things when bad things happen. And I just want to kind of cut to the end. I'll tell you you the end of the whole thing. A lot of times God's behind the thing. Or he allows it to happen because he knows this is the thing that's going to start to define your life. To not be somebody who's weak, but be just an overcomer. I want to read this verse to you. It's in Romans at the 8th chapter. And you know, it's a verse that we kind of quote uh, all the time. But, you know, about, about you know, the God works all things together for good. But it goes on there. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall the trouble or hardship? Who shall separate us from the love? of Christ. Hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger of the sword? No. The Bible says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. That's our faith this morning. So we might go through some bad things, and you might go through some bad things. You may have been through some bad things. You're on the other side of it. Maybe you're here today. You're in the middle of it. I want to give you a word of hope here. Listen, there's, there's a way through. There's a way through. God is going to walk you through this thing, and I just want you to know he's got good things planned for you. You know, this is who the Lord is. God never loses. The Philadelphia Eagles might lose. But God never loses. Do we have any Eagles fans in here? Brave soul over there. (laughs) Here's my prayer for Tom Brady. Dear Lord, please help him to be humble. Tom against time. Tom against time. He's the only guy. He's the only guy. I hope you do all right, Tom. Let's pray for Tom. I want to put this verse up. It's Philippians, the fourth chapter, and it's the 13th verse. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's the King James Version. Hey, I can do all things. I can do all things. I might go through some bad stuff, but you know what? It's going to make me stronger because I can do all things. If I stay in Christ, if I am in Him, I can do all things. But look at the message version of this. It says this, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Wherever I am, whatever happens to me, whatever I go through, I can make it because God is for me. God is with me. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, salvation is more than just being forgiven. Salvation is a surrender of your life to the master of the universe. And so I am forgiven for my past and for my sin and so forth. I am forgiven. But I also have a Lord, a master, a mighty God who now lords over my present. Not just my past, but my present and my future. And so... When bad things happen, I have to understand, I'm not in this thing alone. I am with the king of kings, the lord of the universe, and he is my lord, he is my master. Amen? So, God, just just take over. Just take over. You can see what's happening now, God? Take over. Take the wheel. Amen? So, I want to give you these five things. Pardon me. Five things. What to do. Real quick, know that God is in charge. Could, Could you please remember that? Huh? When something bad happens, God didn't slip and fall off the throne. He missed that one. He, 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 he's not on the phone or whatever. He's in charge. When something bad happens, God is not not in charge. He's still in charge. He is still the boss. He is still Lord. He's in charge. You got to remember that you need to know it and then know that God is good. You know, it's a funny thing. We can know God is good to other people. Isn't that true? God, you, you can you, you look at that person. Yeah, I can tell God's good to them. You know, no matter how no matter how bad they are, no matter how weird they are, no matter how flaky they are, you know, God loves them and God's good to them. But what about you? So a lot of times we sell ourselves out quick. We know God's good. But is he good to me? Is he good to me? Yeah, he's good. You need to know that he's in charge and he's good. And then number three. So that should cause you to see beyond the circumstance. Okay, so the thing fell. Uh, the, the relationship broke. Uh, you lost your job. You got into some situation. But now you need to know God, God loves you. He's in charge. He's good. And now you need to look beyond this thing. You know, when, I, when, I, when bad things happen to me, I try to, I try to go forward five years and then look back and say, you know what? Now that I see it from this perspective, that was one of the best things that ever happened. That was one. Of, I, st- I, I try to go forward and look back. You know, you, you need to look beyond the circumstance. Listen, there's a time coming when you're going to look back at this situation and see that God got the victory through it all. So so you need to be, be able to see beyond and then speak that speak. Start to speak it now. Don't wait five years. Say it now. You know what? God's still in charge. God is good in my life. And I know that this circumstance is going to work out. God can work all things together for good for my life, even if something bad happens. And then finally, prepare to attack back. Prepare to attack back. I'll tell you, if something bad happens, you need to get your fight on. Look, you're going to do that to me? You know, there's going to be a fight. And and a lot of times, people have a passive faith. Well, who knows? I know God loves me. I know God's good. So who knows? Passive faith. I don't know. I'd rather have aggressive faith. You're going to mess with me? You're going to mess with my kids? You're going to mess with my finances? The fight is on. You know, in in, in Old Testament, where where the king came against King Ahab, and he said, I I am going to come after you. We're going to besiege your city, and we're going to come after you. We're going to take your wives and your children. And you know what King Ahab said? He said, all right you can have, you know, those days they had more than one wife. They had wives, plural. So Ahab said, take her and her. <laughs> Same thing with the kids and uh, those kids. Take. But, but that's passive faith. That's passive faith. The elders of Israel said to Ahab, no, no, don't give in to any of that. Don't give in to any of that. Stand up and fight back. So Ahab prayed and he asked the Lord, "What should I do?" And the Lord said, "Stand up and fight." And Ahab said, "Well, who will start the fight?" And God said, "You will. You will." I tell you, I love aggressive faith. You're going to mess with us. You're going to mess with us. Amen. I know you guys put some money down on a building and then you buy, buy the building, and then all of a sudden, everybody comes and say, "Hey, we don't want you there. You're going to have fish if you're going to stay in that place. You're going to have fish." You know, a, 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 a passive faith would say, "You know what, though? We can have fish. We have a little fish farm, and you know, it was it was a good thing. Now we have them in the lobby. We have fish sandwiches, fish cakes. That was the only way we could do it. You know. I mean, I don't really know the whole story, but it had something to do with fish. I'm just saying." You just got to say, look, you're going to pick a fight with us. You know, what? we don't want to be down there with the fish. We don't want to be down there with the fish anyway. You can have the fish. We want something in the middle of the city. We, We want the best piece of property. We want the best piece of property in the middle of the city, right where the intersection is. You can have the fish. Amen? Somebody attacks, you got to start to start swinging. you you got to swing some prayers. I really believe, you know, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but God wants the best. The funny thing about God, he doesn't want the second best. He wants the absolute best. When we went to buy our property uh, in, in Smithfield, Walmart come along and said, We'll buy it. And so we, at first we said no. And they said, Well, we'll give you $800,000. We, we paid 400000 for the land. We'll give you 800000 And we still said, Well, what are we going to do with $800,000? We, we, we need a church. We need property. We don't need money right now. And we said, well, we'll give you a million. We'll give you a million and a half. And they started upping it. All of a sudden we f- figured out these people have a lot of money. They have, they have a lot of money. <laughs> So there was a piece of property behind the first 40. We had 40 acres, and there was 33 acres behind that. And so he said to Walmart, I'll tell you what. You give us a beautiful road with beautiful lamps and beautiful park benches and beautiful sprinkler systems and beautiful, you know, curving road all the way up to our 33 acres right on the highway, and we will sell you this. First of all, you've got to put the road in. It's, got to, it's going to cost a million dollars to put that road in. Well, we will sell you our property for $2.5 million. And Walmart said... Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> you know what though? God said the 33 acres is not the best. The 40 acres is the best. It's right on the road, it's right on the clover leaf. That's the best. And it's the funny thing no matter how much we try to make that thing happen, God didn't want it, He wanted the best. And we look back now and say, it's a good thing we weren't on this giant long road way behind Walmart, behind Walmart shoppers, behind the Walmart, you know, the trailers and the buses and all the things that pull in there and the people. And so, Can you imagine? I go to the church behind Walmart, you know. You go past the truck, you go past the the, the blue light special, keep going. So God wants the best. I'm telling you, I, I, I... And and a lot of times it doesn't matter what it costs because God's in the miracle business. He'll do a miracle. You guys need to settle for nothing but the best. You want the best piece of land in all of New Bedford. But bad things happen. You know, uh, I don't know how many of you guys heard that an arson came and tried to set our church on fire. And he lit this big, it just happened to be uh, right at Christmas time where we had a lot of trash. It was all stacked up in this trash bin, but the bin was next to the church. And it was piled high, and so we have the guy on tape. We couldn't tell who it was, but we could see a human figure come and light the trash on fire. It was uh, 6 o'clock in the morning or right around there. Anyway, the place goes up, burns a corner of the church, and I get a call. 7 o'clock in the morning, I get a call. Pastor Steve, come down to the church right away. The church is on fire. That's not a good call to get in the morning. And, And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just the smoke alarms got set off. You guys almost set the smoke alarms off this morning. So, that's kind of what I was thinking. No, no. And then I thought, who left the heater on? You know, we, we have rules. No, no heaters under the desk because people leave. But, but people do it anyway. You know, once you start working at the church, you figure out everybody's kidding. Put the, put the heater on. <laughs> then we're thinking, it's a Christmas tree. Somebody left the Christmas tree lights on. So, I'm driving, I'm driving to, to, to church, coming down 295, and I'm looking for the black plume of smoke that would come up on the horizon, and I didn't see anything. But I kept driving. I kept driving. So they said, no, no, the church is definitely on fire. I mean, the fire department's there putting it out right now. They're trying to put it up. So I don't know how bad this thing is. But can I tell you something? As I was driving down 295 and looking for the plume of smoke, my heart rate did not go up one beat. Because I said to myself, whatever is happening there, God is in charge. He loves us. He's going to see us beyond this circumstance. And so I remember asking God As I was driving along I remember asking God Lord what are you going to do This is a calamity You have a problem What are you going to do And I remember the Lord saying to me Son I'm going to do Something Actually I didn't hear God say anything. But I knew in my heart, I have no idea what God's going to do, but he's going to do something. God's going to do something. God always does something. God never likes to do the normal. He never likes to do the regular. He never likes to do what you can do. He likes to do what only God can do. He's going to do something and it's going to be spectacular. Can you say amen? So when I pulled up into the parking lot, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't anxious. I had peace. And, 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 and can I tell you, I wasn't trying to have peace. Oh, I just need to be peaceful. Be peaceful. Don't just don't worry. Fifteen fire trucks, all kinds of ladder trucks. People, you know, the firemen, they're, they're kind of cool guys because when they get a fire, they're really into it. And so these guys were really into it. everybody going around with their Darth, Darth Vader mask on. You know, get out of the way. I'm trying to see the fire, you know. But I I, I have to say, I wasn't trying to be peaceful. I just was peaceful. I wasn't trying to be calm. You know, you can't make yourself calm. You can't make yourself calm. You know, I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in ghosts. I do, I do, I do. I do believe. You can't. You're either calm or you're not calm. You, You know, you either trust God or you're not trusting him. You know, it's when the calamity strikes that you find out something about yourself. The real you starts to get revealed. Do you really trust God? I mean, I know you say it, but when the thing happens, do you trust? When the thing happens, are you calm? Or are you a nervous wreck? And are you calling everybody out? And are you angry? And are you blowing a cork? And are you popping veins? Because when something bad happens, the, re- the what you believe, the truth, comes out. And so I have to say... I've been through enough stuff with God that I'm thinking, this, I'm out of control here. I'm not in charge. I'm not in control. There's kind of a quiet peace about that. God, it's got to be you. It's got to be you. Can you say amen? And so, you know, the Lord, has to, the Lord has to lead the way in this thing. Peace is not something that you possess. Peace is a part of God. When he's in your life, peace is in your life. When God is in you, peace is in you. When God is in you, joy is in you. You can't try to get joy and then possess it. You have to get God, and then he is joy. He is peace. Amen? The one thing I I, I had was uncertainty. was uncertainty. I I don't know where this thing is going to go. I mean, I'm looking at the corner of the building. You can see right through into the stairwell the whole thing burned out there and and firemen running all over the place. But Uncertainty. But can I tell you the funny thing about faith? Faith means you don't know everything. you got to start to trust God. See, see, faith doesn't mind a little uncertainty. Are you certain about everything? I'm certain of Jesus. I'm certain that He's good. Amen? When I was looking at that fire, I said, God, we are going to have to go around this thing or over this thing or through this thing. But whatever, God, we're going to go with you. We're going to go this thing with you. Amen? Whether good, bad, or indifferent, God is in charge. God is good. you know, and so you have to focus on the reality. The reality is God is good, so god 's going to be doing something here because a lot of times what, what happened with people as soon as they start to start to see the side of the building all, all black and the inside of the building where they, the firemen threw everything around, and then we had to uh, toss some things around and so forth, people would walk into the building, church people would walk into the building I mean. Friends of mine, staff people, I don't want to say Pastor Ron or Pastor Mike, <laughs> others. They walked into the building and they said, oh, Pastor, place is a mess. place is a mess. The place is a mess. The place is destroyed. It's destroyed. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's destroyed. But I thought, this is the perfect place to start. This is Renaissance. God is going to do a miracle here. I'm telling you, I can tell what a miracle looks like. This is it. You know, when you walk into Hasbro, uh, women and infants, and uh, you walk into one of the birthing rooms, and there's rubber gloves and paper towels all over the place and blood on the table, and there's blood on the paper towels and blood on the rubber gloves and so forth. Yeah, that's the reality. You can focus on that, but don't forget the real reality is a new baby right there. That's the reality I want to look at. I want you to know the calamity, the bad thing. When when, when the hammer drops, I want you to know it's time for a shift. It's time for something else to take place here. And when they call you and they say you cannot have that property, it is time for a shift for something better to happen. It is renaissance. It is new. And so... You know, I, I looked at the thing and I, I, I said to myself, you know something, I, I, believe that, I believe that we're positioned for something new to take place. I even thought about that corner of the building. God, what about that corner of the building do you not like? <laughs> My office was there, and, you know, and I'm sure that wasn't part of it. It had nothing to do with that. Other than maybe God wants me to have a new office. My chairs do like, s- smell like smoke. And, you know, so we're going to get them replaced. I need a new chair. Get me a bigger, broader, more comfy, lazy boy with the vibration in the back. But, you know, it doesn't matter what you know that God is good or what you know that God is in charge. If you're just going to leave it there and not do anything, you have to shift into, into begin, beginning to see beyond the circumstance You, you, God will not do the thing by himself. God will not pull you out by himself. It's going to take you. You're in cooperation with God. It's a partnership. You are in partnership with God. See, God is not a slave owner. And a lot of times we want God just to tell me what to do. Just tell me, God, just tell me. But God's not into just telling you. God's asking you, what do you see? What do you see? You know, because I'll tell you something. Our whole children's wing got destroyed. What do I see? I see a better children's wing. I see a bigger children's wing. I see something more awesome. So, so you lose a piece of property. Now, what do you see? I, I see darkness. I see confusion. I see disappointment. I see, I, no, lift your eyes up. God wants to partner with you. I think about uh, Shark Tank, you know, when they go in there and they pitch their idea. You know, here's what I see. And, and, and you try to talk Mr. Wonderful into it, you know, or, and Mark Cuban. And here's what I see. Everybody in the world is going to have a gizmo just like this. It's going to be the best gizmo. Who wants to invest? And they start to shoot him down. Oh, the thing is, anybody can make that gizmo. And they start to shoot him down. That's not how it is with God. When God says, what do you see? Usually you, you, you say something to God and God says, that's it. Isn't there more? Can't you believe for more? Can't you believe for the spectacular? Can't you believe for the miraculous? Uh, I'm believing for a new car. Well, a used car. Not new, used, but it's new to me. 1987 Dotson. Datsun, yeah. It's a Datsun, but it's nice. An old lady drove it. It only has 350,000 miles on it. What do you see? What do you see? And, and then what do you say? You know, Caleb, he said to, to Joshua, I see the mountain region. That's what I want. I see the mountain region. As a church, New Bedford, can you believe God for a region? Can you believe him for a region? Not just a city, but for a region. I love the name South Coast. People are going to ask you, what is South Coast? And You just need to say, well, it's from here to, to, to Miami. Miami. We believe in God that we're going to impact the whole south coast, <laughs> south beach, whatever starts with south. See, what do you see? Oh, we just want to be a little church that has a little impact in a little city with, among a little family. No, no. We want to have a regional influence. That's what I see. You can't have a regional influence maybe down, tucked away with the fish. God says, no, you're going to get out of there. You're going to get into the center of the place because you're going to have a regional influence. I believe God wants us to elevate our speech. What do you see? And then elevate your speech. So, so take into account this, these, 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 these five things. Take into account that God has unlimited resources. Here's the thing about God. I see him on the side like a shark tank with a giant wad of cash. And, he say, and he's saying this, what's it going to take to make this happen? You want to move where? In the center? You want to move in the best piece of property? What's it going to take? What's it going to take? And then God says, only that? That's nothing. Amen? He has unlimited resources. And he wants to show you that. It's not like God doesn't want you to know how much he really has. You know, like parents keep it from their kids. When we sign the will, you'll find out. God wants to show it off now. You don't understand. I got way more than that. You're only asking for that. I have way more. Are you guys hearing me? Are you guys hearing me? God loves to partner with you. He wants to ask you, what do you see and what will you say? I will back that. He wants to partner with you. And then he wants to show himself strong and he wants to do something big. God wants to do something big. Why, why a big church? Because God wants to do something big. I was looking at, uh, there was a thing on Facebook uh, the past couple of days about these big churches across America, and I'm looking through them, the top 30 big churches. I'll tell you, it's so amazing, so inspiring that God has these places in all these major cities, big churches with a huge impact, lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. You know, we, we were going through Australia, and in the airport, they're pay, playing Hillsong songs. It, it's amazing that... that, that People and churches can have a global impact. He wants to show himself big, and then God always wins. He always wins. I want you to know, he always wins. This thing might look bad, but God always wins. I don't want to take too much time, but I want to tell you this. The insurance adjusters came to the church, and they said, "Um, you know, uh, we've done a lot of church fires. And I said, but before you go on, I said, we're not a church like every other church. I said, uh, look around. I said, we have the best lighting board. we got the best sound equipment. We have the best speakers, the best projectors. Because smoke damage gets in all these electronics, and, and the electronics fail. And so they have to replace all the electronics. And so the guy said, no. He says, I have to tell you, we, we don't see churches like this around. He says, we see them in, down south, but, but we don't see churches like this around. I said, before you start to write any numbers down, you need to check with us because we're very serious. We're very serious about church. We're very organized. We have something to say. You're not just going to write this whole insurance thing all by yourself. You've got to talk with us because, because, you know, they try to say, well, you're going to need a new ceiling painted. Well, there's all see these acoustical panels? We have them in our ceiling. We have all these acoustical panels. The guy said, I, I didn't see them. Yeah, well, talk to us because we know what's in the ceiling, okay? So, so, so I just, you have to understand, if you're going to take the back seat, you're going to get pushed down in the back seat. You've got to stand up you got to attack back. Anyway, uh, there was this girl, 25-year-old girl. Her name is Lisa Reed. And she was bending down to, to pet her dog, and she slipped, and she fell. She hit her head on the coffee table. And instantly she began to see for the first time in 10 years. See, she had a tumor when she was 14 years old developing behind her optic nerve, and she went blind. And for 10 years she was blind, and the pet, the pet that she was reaching down to pet was a guide dog. But she slipped, she hit her head on the coffee table. Instead of knocking herself out, she began to see. And I'll tell you something. Some of you guys, listen, a knock on the head might be the very thing you need. It might be the very thing you need. You know, I drive up to the church property every single day. Every single day I drive up church property. I don't even look at the church. I just drive up. Since I got a knock on the head, now when I drive up, I say, what do I see? Because all of a sudden, I can see better. I, I know, here's what this place should really look like. And I want to see what God, God's vision, what God's eyes, amen? It took a knock on the head before we even stopped back and, stepped back and said, you know what? That children's wing needed to be torched. <laughs> I'm looking at the place, I'm thinking, man, this place is a dump, Two weeks before that, we'd be showing people, and this is our children's wing. Now I'm looking at it, I'm saying, why do people bring their kids in here? Tell my, tell my daughter-in-law, don't bring your kids in there. Keep them home. That place is a dump. But I have a new vision now for the children's wing, and I'll tell you something. We are going to attack back. I want to read this one more psalm for you. Psalm 3 in verse 6, it says this, I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. You know, I, I don't have time to get into this, but can I just tell you, sometimes when bad stuff happens, you feel like you're surrounded. You feel like your life is under siege. You feel like everything's going wrong. And, and you know, the devil just wants to put that perception on you. But, but David prayed this prayer, I won't fear when I'm surrounded. Arise, O Lord. Deliver me. He begins to attack back here. Deliver me, oh, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. A Holy Ghost uppercut. A Holy Ghost uppercut. I want somebody to get knocked out here. Break the teeth of the wicked. I'll tell you something. When something bad happens, you need to know God's good. You need to know he's in charge. You need to see beyond the circumstance. You need to start to talk like that. But then you need to come out swinging. You need to come out... How dare the devil attack your kids? You need to come out swinging. How dare the devil attack your marriage? You need to come out swinging. How dare him attack your finances? You need to come out swinging. Amen? How dare him come up against the church? You guys need to come out swinging. Say, that's, that's the biggest mistake you ever made. We were woke up now. It's, it's like a good fighter. It's, sometimes a fighter has to get hit in the nose before he realizes, I'm going I'm to knock somebody out here it's not until you get attacked that you attack back. Amen? So let the bad situation be the very thing that causes you to rise up and say, you know something? I'm going to get on the move on this thing here. I'm going to attack back. I'm going to come out swinging with my prayers and my declaration and my prophetic voice over my family and over my house in Jesus' name. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you. You're never going to get through life without some stuff happening. But when it happens, you need to say, you know something, I'm going to look beyond this thing and I'm going to start to speak beyond it. I'm not going to let my voice reflect the fear that's trying to come on me, the anxiety that's trying to come on me, the hopelessness that's trying to come on me. I am going to summon my God, Lord, come into my spirit, give me your peace. Give me your vision, God. Cause my heart to awaken now, I pray. It's not until you fall, hit your head on the coffee table, that you actually say, I need to get back to church. I need to get my whole family back to church. I need to get serious about this thing. I need to get serious about my walk with the Lord. It's not until you get a knock on the head that you say, You know something? I'm in it, God, all the way, fully committed, God. I needed that knock on the head, God. I needed that punch in the gut. I'm going to turn this thing around, Lord, and attack back. I'm going to turn this thing around, God. My speech is going to change. My vision is going to change, God. I know that you're for me. I know that you have a hope and a future for me, oh, God. I'm going to begin to speak it. I'm going to begin to live it. Father, I pray right now, God, for those that are going through circumstances and situations, Lord, that seem bad. Lord, I I pray right now, God, that you would begin to lift us up. Give us strength, Lord God. Let us see beyond the circumstance, I pray. Because, God, you want to do a miracle, Lord. You want to bring the thing completely around, God. Like you did for Joseph, even though he was sold into Egypt, God. If it hadn't been for that, Lord. If it hadn't been for that thing you did in my life, God. I would never have turned around. I pray, God, let this be a day of turnaround, God. Let this be a day where the shift happens, God. Let this be a day, God, where we take the jolt, but we jolt back. We take the push, but we push back. We take the fight, but we fight back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are on my side, that you love me, God, that you're in charge. We thank you, God. Lord, that you're never not in charge. Bless us, we pray this day, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, and everyone said amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord. He's in charge, and He loves us. He is a good God. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for listening today, and I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. And uh, hope to see you soon.